Welcome to the Fundraising Freedom Podcast with Mary Valoni. I'm your host, Mary Valoni, and this is the place where fundraisers come to be encouraged, empowered, and educated on how to raise more funds and have more freedom. Welcome to episode 147. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the three lessons learned from the homeless. And I had other plans for today's episode, but because of an, a situation that happened yesterday, I actually had to change all of my plans so that I could do today's episode. And I was completely rocked yesterday by a situation that happened. And I wanted to share that with you guys and just be really raw and vulnerable about uh, what had happened. But uh, so I was, it's a Saturday, you know, I'm out doing my normal errands, going grocery shopping, just picking up my normal stuff. And I was um, wanting to go pick up some some uh, planters because I wanted to plant some you know some herbs and you know kind of just get into the spring. By the way, I love 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 the spring. So <laughs> so this is one of my favorite times of the year. And so I was out just kind of going bouncing around from place to place trying to find some place where I could find some potters that like some pots that would actually work for me. So I landed at IKEA on a Saturday, which is not necessarily the best place to be on a Saturday. But uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Ikea, it is a huge box store with cheap furniture from, I think it's based out of, out of Norway, Sweden, that whole area. But we have one here in St. Louis and it was a big deal when it came to town because uh, so many people love Ikea. So, I, and I do too. I have been a huge fan for a long time. So we usually pick up smaller items there. And, uh, but anyway, so I, I went to the store, I went there and was looking for planners and I found a couple of them, of course. And so, uh, and I picked up some, some plastic bags because they're, they're like one of the cheaper places to get like sandwich bags. So I'm loading up the back of my car and, uh, I'm, you know, put everything in. And I, as I was walking towards the, the driver's side, you know, towards my door, uh, I heard a woman, uh, reach out to me and I could tell she was, you know, just wandering in the parking lot, her and what appeared to be her son. And so as she was walking through the parking lot towards me, I could tell she was either, it was either that she was lost or she was, uh, really needing some help. And so anyway, so she walks up to me and she immediately is like trying to diffuse the situation to make sure that I didn't feel unsafe. And I could tell she was, she was really trying to make sure that I, I knew that I was okay to be talking with her in the parking lot. So she just immediately shared with me that she felt really awful for having to come up to me and, uh, started in on the conversation telling me that she had just left her husband and that she was trying to find a place to stay and didn't realize that the local shelters didn't take her, you know, wouldn't just take them in. And so it basically left them out on in the cold. And so here they were trying to figure out what to do next. They went to the police, they went, you know, all over the place trying to figure this out. And so she shared that they had found a place to stay and it was like $38 and some odd change and asked if there was anything I could do to help. And all the while she's apologizing and telling me that she feels so bad that, you know, she never intended for this to be the situation that they were in. And, but she just continued to, you know, talk with me. And I said, I told her, I am so sorry. And this is, I, I 
I do. I rarely ever carry cash with me. Um, by the way, I rarely ever leave my house. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was one of those days where I'm like, okay, I, what, you know, I was kind of, um, taken aback, but at the same time I was like, she clearly was in need. And so I, as a fundraiser, I know how that feels when you put yourself out there and you ask, uh, it was like, to me, I'm like, I got to do something. I'm like, I've got some change in my car. Like I'll give you the change that I have. I, you know, I'm so sorry. I don't have any cash on me. And so, uh, she was like that, you know, that's fine. Of course she felt, felt a bit defeated. And, um, but I gave her, you know, as many quarters, which I had quite a few in the car. So I handed those over and gave them to her. And I, and she, all the while, while I was grabbing my coins, I could hear her telling her son, it's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. And he was you know, clearly distraught over the situation. Um, he was probably, yeah, 16, 17 years old. And so as I walked back to her, I just, I told her, I said, you know, I wish I could do more. Uh, but she said, you know, we're, we're just trying to, to figure out what, you know, what to do and everything. And this is just such an awful situation. We hate that we're in it and everything else. And so, and I just told her, I said, do not feel bad. Do not feel bad about asking for help. And I had to like remind her, I told her, I'm like, I help charities raise money. I'm like, this is what I do. I tell people to ask. And so I, I looked at him, the young man, and I just said, do not feel bad. You guys are going to be okay. And I said, you just ask with confidence and don't feel bad about it. And, and so they were like, yes, ma'am. He kept it. He was very polite. And he was like, yes, ma'am. And as he smiled, I could tell, I mean, like they probably have never been to a dentist ever. Uh, I could tell that they were really coming out of a rough situation, uh, but you know, I, I didn't have anything else to help them with. And so I was like, you know, I just wish you guys the best and um, sorry, I couldn't do more. So I get in my car and I watch them walk off and I immediately feel prompted that I should at least try. So I got in my car and my bank was only, you know, just a couple blocks away. So fairly close. So I turned around and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go to the bank and I'm going to pull out this money. And if I run back into them, then I was meant to give this to them. And so I went to my bank, pulled out, and I ended up pulling out $60 because I wasn't really quite sure what I felt comfortable giving. You know, they asked for 40, they asked for 38 and some change. But so I went ahead and I pulled out $60. And so I took the next street over because I was watching where they were walking and I knew that that street went through. So I took that street down and you know, lo and behold, that's such a mom thing that she would say, lo and behold, there they were. And they were walking, uh, towards me. Now they couldn't see me. They didn't know it was me, of course. And so I immediately pulled over on the side of the road. I grabbed, I, I ended up leaving $20 in my passenger seat and I grabbed 40 from, from, you know, the, what I just pulled out and I started walking towards them. By this point, they were walking down a little walkway that was right next to the Metro. Uh, so it was a, a fairly decent walkway. And I realized that had I, had I waited or had it been any longer than that, I wouldn't have been able to get my car to them. And I wouldn't have been able to really, you know, like chase them down. So they were going down a path that it was like, had I not come at that exact moment, I wouldn't have been able to even catch up with them. And so anyways, I got, I got out of my car and I quickly ran that way. And I called out to her and she turned around and the look on her face was just like, disbelief, disbelief that I had come back. And she could clearly tell that I had cash in my hand. And she came running towards me and just, 
in tears, so grateful and so like just so thankful that I had thought of them. And she even said, she goes, you won't believe you are the first person. You're the first person who cared enough about us. The police, the church, we went to several churches and nobody, nobody did as much as you have right here. And her son was just, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the whole time. And of course she gave me this huge hug. It was like, she just held on and, and I could feel like, I mean, how appreciative she was. Uh, I of course gave her son a hug as well. And as I was hugging him, she says to me, she says, I am so sorry. We smell so bad. And I'm like, do not apologize. You're okay. And I gave her another hug again too. And, um, I just told them, I'm like, you guys are going to be okay. And I said, do not be afraid to ask you know, please just follow your gut. You just, you just, God's going to open up those doors for you as you need them. And so you just walk them out. And she said, yes, I believe. And I, I've been praying and I, I know that that's true. And I just said, you're going to be okay. None of us got here without the help of others. And I said, nobody, I didn't, I I did not get to the position that I'm in, in life without others. And she goes, this is the first time I've ever felt like I've had to ask for help. And she's like, I've always provided and I've always taken care of my kids. And, you know, and you could tell she just felt so bad about the entire situation. I said, you stop apologizing. You're going to be okay. And she just was like, thank you so much. And so I was just, you know, told her I was going to continue to be praying for them, that the doors would open wherever they needed. And I went back to my car and I, I got in my car and as I was walking to my car, I thought to myself, why the heck did I not give them all $60? Like here I have another $20 bill sitting in my front seat. And I'm like, why did I not give that to them? And, but at the same time, I was like, they asked for, you know, $38 and whatever odd change. And I, I wanted to fulfill what they needed in that moment. And so as I was sitting in my car, I just watched them walk off. Uh, I did end up taking a picture of it uh, that I'll share later. But I, you know, as I was watching them, I didn't even think about taking a picture until after I saw her walking down the way and she was fist pumping in the air. And I could just tell she was like, her head was down and her body language was like, yes, yes, you know, we, yes, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. You know, I could just feel that was like the kind of response that she was having. And I could tell, I mean, her, both of them were just obviously so appreciative. And, but as I sat there, I just thought, what in the world? I, I mean, all I could, things were racing through my head on all sorts of things. Uh, prominent, like the, the main thing was thinking about the gifts, the gifts that I've bought for my nieces and, you know, like other people in my family or Christmas presents or just, you know, things that you buy and you're like, and just personal items, things that I buy for myself that I'm like, $40. I mean, think about, I mean, I just... Like never could I have gotten that kind of reaction off of a $40 purchase anywhere, right? And so I don't know, there was just something that stirred in my spirit in that moment where I was just like, this is, you know, we need each other, you know, we, we need each other. And they are not your typical homeless people. They, this was their first day, you know, out uh, living on the street necessarily. Uh, but in that moment, I was just kind of, all these things were flooding through my mind. And I was just thinking about how much 
we can learn from this situation. And, uh, you know, as I was driving away, I pulled out, I grabbed that other $20 bill and I was just like, okay, God, like, I don't know why I didn't give this to her, but I started, it was like a super crisp $20 bill. So I began to fold it in half and then fold it in half again. And as I looked down at it, it said, all I could read was united in God how it says United States, and then underneath it, it says, in God we trust. And when it was folded, it just said United in God. And I was like, darn right, <laughs> darn right. You know, and we are united, all of us, whether you believe in God or not, we are all united and we need each other. And so I think about all of the work that each of us are doing and how we are knocking on doors and asking people to be a part of our causes. And we're invited them, inviting them to be a part of this because we are united and we need each other. So as I was thinking through this, I just wanted to share a few lessons learned from the homeless, not just this woman and, and her son, but other homeless uh, people that I feel like I've had um, the opportunity to meet and to be around. And obviously people in those scenarios have nothing. I mean, they have nothing. Everything that she owns was in her hands. Everything that he owned was in his hands. And I was like, they had a backpack each, and I could tell that they had just packed everything up that they could that just to survive, and they got away. They, got, they, they were going to be on this new path, on this new journey. And so the three things that I want, wanted to pull away from and to share with you guys is, uh, one, that asking asking is hard. It's hard. I saw it all over her face. I see it in, you know, the homeless that are, you know, on the corner or in it, wherever you're at. And they're sitting there with a bucket and asking for help is no fun. You know, when you need help and you know that it's, this is the situation that you're in. Uh, but for each of us, asking is hard. And I think sometimes people forget that you know, I, we're just not hardwired to ask. We, we're hardwired to want to take care of others. And so oftentimes we want to serve others and we feel really guilty when they're serving us. But I just want to remind you in this lesson that we do have to, we, we need help and we need to help others. And so it's this back and forth. So asking is hard. And I just, I don't want you, um, and for me, like the the thing that tied right into that lesson of just asking is hard is, is really the lesson of that don't hesitate when you know you should act. So when you feel prompted, don't hesitate when you know you should act. And that's both on my side and on her side, on their side, was that she chose to walk up to my car. And I'm not, you know, advocating for walking up to people in parking lots, uh, but in this particular situation and the need that she needed, and I'm going to clarify here too, is that no, she and her son are not a 501c3 nonprofit, but they were asking for funds just like we do. And so I just want to draw that, you know, that correlation there because we are all raising funds because somebody was in need and somebody needed our help that they couldn't afford to pay for it themselves. And so this is no different. So whenever I see somebody who's homeless or like, you know, a year ago I was walking down the street and I saw a homeless person and then I saw a whole table full of Girl Scouts and I, I leaned over to my friend and I was like, well, we just walked by two fundraisers. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, Girl Scout and the homeless, you know. 
So, but it is, it, it reminds me so much of what we do, we do. And I've told you guys that I sit outside, you know, I've sat outside of a grocery store in the past, different department stores, just like the Salvation Army ringing the, the bell. That is really not all that different than the homeless asking for funds. The only difference is, is that of course, it's going to a 501c3 nonprofit versus going right into the pocket of somebody in need. So while this was happening, I just think to myself about that first lesson of just don't hesitate when you know you need to act. So asking and being bold enough to step out, even when it's uncomfortable to ask for funds and say, you know what? I, I feel like I'm supposed to ask you and I want to invite you in. So I never want you to hesitate. And same thing for me on the receiving end. It is my job not to hesitate when I feel prompted to help somebody. And I want you to see that as well as that on the other side of your ask, whether they say yes or no, that is on them. That is their decision to, to either yes, give or no, choose not to. That says nothing about you. So even if I I had walked away from this lady and her son and said, I'm so sorry, here's some change. I did what I could, walked away. That would have been fine. That would have been on me. And that would have been okay, right? That would have been okay if I just walked away. It would have been okay if I said no. It would have been okay if I grabbed the change. And it was okay that I went and chased after them and gave them the money that they needed. So that is the thing about giving is that once you put it out there and you ask, it's on them now. And whatever is going to stir in their spirit as far as whether they're going to give or not is not in, it's not your responsibility anymore. You have extended the offer and you can walk away and feel good about it, right? Okay. So number two, the lesson learned is really all about that gratitude. You know, show your appreciation. We have to show people that we are grateful, that we are thankful for their gifts. Now, I talk about this all the time. It is part of Make Your Difference, step seven that I teach in my book, Fundraising Freedom. And I talk about how it is so important to show the donor that you're thankful. Now, did she have to give me a hug and he give me a hug in that whole situation? No, that wasn't necessary. But her verbal thank you was like, you knew, you knew you made a difference. You knew. And I, I was very clear in the fact that they're going to have to go find their next dollar somewhere else. I gave them enough room for a hotel for one night. That was it. And so they're going to have to continue on. I knew that their journey was not going to be easy after I walked away. That was clear, but they showed their appreciation and they were so grateful. Now, normally when somebody gives to our causes, we don't walk away fist pumping in the air and saying, yes, 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 thank you. So, you know, like, but we do show our gratitude by show, by telling them, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Here's what we're going to be able to do because of your gift. And you're just very um, appreciative. Now, I talk about the five love languages. In this particular situation, she hit three out of my out of the five love languages. Three out of the five. Okay, she did gave me the quality time. It was it was just the two of them and me. We were together. It was just us. We had quality time. Words of affirmation, thanking me profusely for that gift and physical touch. 
hugging me, right? So she got got three out of the five. And that was really powerful for me because my two top words of affirmation, or my, my, actually those are my top three right there. Those are my top three, quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. And she got all three of them. So for me, that was a feel good moment. That was a, like, I was, I felt so good about my donation, donation loosely, but uh, helping her in that situation. So the third thing, the third lesson I want you to learn here is just when you're sharing your situation, when you're inviting somebody to be a part of it, give enough details to be believable. Give enough details to be believable. So when she walked up to me and she started sharing what was going on, her first thing was, I left my husband. And she was telling me where she came from, that she came from Illinois and she was over here in St. Louis, that she had thought that she could get right into a shelter and she couldn't. You know, all these little, these details made it very believable. And so I know most people, and even my husband, would think that I am just crazy because who gives somebody money on, you know, and I I work with a lot of homeless shelters and homeless, you know, advocates, executive directors, and they have made it very clear that giving cash to the homeless is not a good idea. And yet there are moments where I am like, I cannot help it because of this very thing. And so the lesson learned from that is, give enough details to be believable. When we're sharing our stories about giving to our cause, we have to give them the details that they need. Now, I don't want you to share everything because I don't got time for that, right? We don't got time for that. And your donor is going to, their eyes are going to go across that and they're going to be, you know, disconnected and not feel like they're going to be of much help to you at all. So, but she gave me the exact dollars. She told me exactly where that money was going to go. She told me exactly her situation. And so it was clear to me, she had her, she had her story and it was a good story. It was a really, really good story. And so when I pulled away and I was like, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen here, but when I come back, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But in the end, I just, I wanted like, there's just something about the fact that I'm like, she told me where that money was going to go. And I felt really confident in giving it to her. I didn't feel bad. I didn't ever, I didn't question like, oh, I wonder if she's going to spend this on drugs and alcohol, which is what most people think when they give to the homeless. That never crossed my mind one second. And that's what you want when your donors are giving to your cause. You want them to feel confidence and trust. Do you see here? I didn't know her at all. I don't even know her name. I don't, I have no idea. I don't have any clue about the rest of their story or where they're going to land and what's going to happen next. And that's okay. And the same goes for you as you're asking for funds. Like, don't feel like you have to overshare every single detail. The person on the other side just needs to know what's going to fulfill their, what's going to answer their questions. You know, so to me, I felt really good about the situation, but think through all these scenarios as you're talking to potential donors and potential people who could give to your cause. Many times it just comes back to giving them enough details so that they can make a decision. I knew even how to give to her because I knew she needed cash. In your circumstance, they may not need to give you cash. They may be able to go on the, online on a website or they can mail in a check or they could give you cash. That's fine too. 
But those details are all a part of that conversation so that they know exactly how they can be a part of this. If any little thing is missing in that conversation, they can easily talk themselves out of the circumstance. So she, in this situation, the only circumstance, the only thing that would have talked me out was the fact that I couldn't find them. So that was the one thing that was the variable in this situation was that I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get this money. I'm going to go see if I can't track them back down. And if I can't, then it wasn't meant to be. And I think that that's where a lot of your donors are doing the same thing where they're like, well, we had that one conversation, but if they follow up again, you know what? I'll probably give. So don't be afraid to follow up. Don't be afraid to continue the conversation again, because you never know what they're looking for. You never know what kind of sign they're looking for as to whether or not this is the right fit for them. So I know that this is a crazy story, uh, but I couldn't help but share it with you guys because this is, this is life. This is, <laughs> this is what happens. And I feel like many of our donors are making decisions just like I did in this circumstance. It doesn't always make sense. It may be just like they just feel prompted. I tell you often that sometimes people just wake up in the middle of the night and they feel like, man, I'm supposed to do something for this cause. And they call you out of the blue and they give. So your, your job is to make sure that you are available, that you are ready when those donations are coming your way. Because I know sometimes it feels like it's slow and that they're just not coming in at the rate that you want them to, but trust me, it, they will come stay the course. But in this episode here, I hope that you'll take these three lessons that don't hesitate when you know you should act to show your appreciation and three, give enough details to be believable. All right. I am excited and, you know, just looking forward to this new season. This is my favorite time. Like I mentioned, spring is, uh, you know, new life. New life is coming up. You know, it's this is when the the flowers start blooming and you know the the trees start growing. Like you know, I'm looking out my window right now and I can see all these dead trees. Ugh, you know. <laughs> and in the next few weeks, they will look completely different. And so, if you're in a, in a down place, if you're feeling like, hey, we we are ready for a new season, I just um, I'm inviting you just to buckle up, get ready, keep doing, uh, you know, keep improving on the work that you're doing and, and things will turn around. They'll turn around. So, all right. If you need anything, don't be afraid to reach out maryvaloney.com. You can catch more details about what I'm doing and you can always jump in and click the button. Let's connect. And I'd love to have a conversation with you and hear more about the work that you're doing. So hope you guys have a great week. Let's go change the world one volunteer and $1 at a time.